This is not your century. This is Not Your Century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. December 10th, 1963. Frank Sinatra gets a phone call. He'd been waiting for it. His son, Frank Jr., had been kidnapped two days before. Frank Jr. was 19 years old. He was trying to follow in his famous dad's footsteps as a singer... In fact, he'd been singing with the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra, the very same big band that his father had gotten his start with in the 40s. Dorsey himself died in 1956, but his orchestra played on. On the snowy night of December 8th, a Sunday, the Dorsey Band and Frank Jr. had separate gigs at Harris Lake Tahoe in Stateline, Nevada. Frank Jr. was killing time before the show. He was in his room at the Harris Lodge, a motel a few hundred feet away and across the state line in California. He and trumpet player Joe Foss were in their underwear eating fried chicken when there was a knock on the door. Package for Mr. Frank Sinatra Jr. The delivery man carried a small box into the room, put it down and pulled out a gun. He was joined by another gunman. They tied up and gagged the two musicians and then they told Frank Jr. to get dressed and they warned Foss not to say a word for 10 minutes. Then they left with Frank Jr. They were seen driving towards California. The trumpet player wriggled free and called police, who quickly set up roadblocks. Frank Sinatra Sr. got a shocking call at home in Palm Springs. His son had been kidnapped. This was a rough time generally for old Blue Eyes. Not long before this, he'd gotten into trouble with the Nevada Gaming Commission. He was the co-owner of the Cal Neva Resort in Lake Tahoe, and he'd let Chicago mob boss Sam Giancana stay there. That was a no-no. He had to sell the Cal Neva and his 9% share of the Sands in Las Vegas. On top of that, it had been less than three weeks since the assassination of his good friend, John F. Kennedy. He'd hoped to start filming his new movie the next day, Robin and the Seven Hoods. Instead, he flew in a friend's plane to Lake Tahoe, but the blizzard forced them to land in Reno, about 50 miles away. Harris sent a limo to bring him to Tahoe, but again, they were turned back by the snow. By Monday the night, the FBI were involved, and they told Frank Sr. to stay by the phone and wait for a ransom demand. Their advice was to pay the ransom and then let the FBI track down the kidnappers. He got that call on the night saying a ransom demand would be coming soon and he should follow the instructions. On the 10th, that call he was waiting for finally came. The chairman of the board wasn't about to mess around. He offered the kidnappers a million dollars. That's about 8.3 million in 2019 dollars. The kidnapper on the phone surprised him with a counteroffer, $240,000. He said Frank was to leave the cash between two park school buses in the San Fernando Valley. The FBI made the drop in the wee hours of the 11th, and before long, Frank Sinatra Jr. was found wandering a little dazed at about 3 a.m. near his mother's house in swanky Bel Air. For the two days, he'd been held in Canoga Park in the San Fernando Valley. The Chronicle just barely managed to get Junior's rescue into the morning paper in the form of a short bulletin and a headline in three-inch letters, Frankie Safe. There were rumors that Frank Jr. had arranged his own kidnapping as a publicity stunt, but the FBI quickly debunked those. 
Frank Sinatra Jr. went on to a long journeyman career as a musician and actor. He never came close to escaping his father's long shadow, and the funny thing is, he was a pretty good singer and band leader. He just wasn't Frank Sinatra. Or he wasn't Frank Sinatra Sr. anyway. Nobody was. Late in his father's life, Old Blue Eyes asked Frank Jr. to lead his band. Frank Sinatra Sr. died in 1998 at the age of 82. Frank Jr. died in 2016. He was 72. And what about the kidnappers? The man who called Frank Sr. and released Frank Jr. in Bel Air was John Irwin. He had bragged about the crime to his brother, who called the FBI. Frank Jr. told the FBI enough that they were able to zero in on two others, Joe Amsler and the plot's mastermind, Barry Keenan. They were the men who had barged into Frank Jr.'s room. The three of them were arrested, convicted, and sentenced to life plus 75 years, though they all won lesser sentences on appeal, and all of them were out within five years. Why did the kidnappers ask for $240,000 when Sinatra had offered a million? Because Keenan thought the kidnapping was for a good cause. He wanted money, sure, but he said he'd heard the Sinatra family were estranged from each other, and he thought the kidnapping ordeal would bring them together. One of the reasons he was released from prison early was that he was found to be mentally ill. Most of the ransom money was returned to the Sinatras. But here's the kicker. Barry Keenan, the mastermind, made a fortune as a real estate developer in Texas. Well, that's life. That's what people say. This has been Not Your Century, a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief. Get great journalism today at sfchronicle.com. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your century.